Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Claire Mutimer. And I'm Susie Coulson. Welcome to The Backstory. In each episode, we'll be hearing about an experience that has happened to someone that shaped who they are. 30 minutes that remind us that everyone's dealing with something. So we're a documentary podcast, a docupod. Except you made that word up. Welcome back after our short break. It's proper autumn now. I know, it is. We've been... Having a fun game of conkers this morning. Exactly, that's basically our morning, you know, just <laughs> knocking conkers against each other. Sounds <laughs> so wrong. Um, Fires on, slippers on, it's all it's all good to go. <laughs> so now we've painted that glorious picture for you, <laughs> we're, uh, I'm going to introduce our, our latest backstory. This week we're hearing from Lillian. Lillian's in her early 70s and her husband Dan is in his 90s. Lillian and Dan have had a great life, lots of dancing from what I understand, travelling and fun. In recent years, however, Lillian's been caring for Dan as he's become increasingly frail. Just a few weeks ago, they made the difficult decision that Dan needed to move into full-time residential care. A massive change for them both, and one which relieves Lillian of the responsibilities that came with being a carer, but leaves her at home by herself. Susie went to meet with Lillian, and this is her story. All right, Lillian, if you cast your mind back over your life, think of a, an experience that you've had that you'd like to tell me about. It was caring for my husband and then letting him go into a home okay. and not being his carer anymore. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right, Lillian. Dan and I had a nice life. Dan was very strong character and we... We ran a hotel in Turkey. We had lovely holidays. He he was a painter and decorator and he did lots of jobs in the house. He made our houses lovely. And, and then at the age of 79 or so, we decided we'd go and live in France. Wow. We had a lovely life in France for 10 years. And then he got poorly and... We came back to England and moved to Norfolk. And then he just seemed to 
get old. The caring for him became difficult. While he was getting older, so was I. And I didn't have the strength then to lift him up or if he fell over or... It's really upsetting. Oh, it's only recent. He went into the home about seven weeks ago. It's very sad when you have been married a long time. Yeah. And then you stop being a wife and you become a carer. And it is sad because you lose your friend. Let's find you a tissue. Let me grab you a tissue. When you become a carer, you're doing things for your husband that you would never dream in your wildest dreams when you first married that you would be doing for this man who you'd loved and been lovers with. And it's just so very sad and humiliating for them. And then come the point where he had to go into care because I couldn't manage him anymore. And so we made the decision, the two of us, he agreed, he was sad about it, but he agreed that he would go into care. That's when the guilt comes in. I defy anyone, man or woman, who puts their partner into care to say that guilt does not come into it because it does. Because you feel that you've failed your partner. Maybe they feel you don't care anymore. But you do. You care so much that you have to do what's best for you and them. And I felt that the care home was best for Dan and me. And he seems to have settled in. I go and see him quite often. Maybe too often. How often do you go? Sometimes I go four times a week and it's silly. Because sometimes he, I feel that he doesn't want me to go. You know, we seem to have settled into a routine that he just sits and watches the television. And he seems to have gone very old. Old, old. Do you feel like he's changed since yeah, he went in? he has. He's not as bright in his mind because yeah. he used to love the politics programmes on the television. Now he, he doesn't even know how to turn the television over or on. And, and if the staff don't realise, he sit, just sits and watches an empty television. You felt guilty when he moved into the oh, home. Oh, yes. I felt as if I'd failed. But I realised that it... It's not so much about whether you failed. You have to think about yourself too. I was trapped in this house because you, you know, was on tenterhooks, mm. wondering whether he could fall or did he need something. You'd get up of a morning and think, oh God, I wish I could go out, especially when it's winter and, you know, you, you're in this house and you just chat. Well, you, could, you didn't chat because... Dan couldn't instigate a conversation unless he needed something, like he needed the toilet or he needed the television turning over or that was his conversation. But as someone once said to me, that's the downside of marrying a man who's so much older than you. Mm. But Dan never seemed old when we met. He was full of life and he was just my dad. I used to be a sole carer. I would lift him if he fell over. Luckily, I had a nice friend, I have a nice friend next door who would come in and help me. I damaged my shoulder lifting him. And that's really 
was the start of me not being able to care for him properly. The doctor we have, Dr Smith, he suggested we get carers. When the carers started coming, because they're not allowed to lift, they gave me equipment to help. And that's how it's been for the last 12 months until August. And it just got too much. Dan was asleep half the day, but awake in the night. And he would keep me awake and I was very tired. And you get weary. Mm. One of the doctors said, I think really is the time, Mr Hurley, when you should think about going into care. He said, no, 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 at the beginning. But, um, you know, she was chatting to him and then um, I said, well, Dan, I'm very tired and it's okay you saying no, no, but there has to come a time. So he agreed. I went to see the home with my stepdaughter and we decided that was nice. It's a bright, airy home. It's got a good CQC report, which is the one thing I researched. Yeah. Dan moved in within a week. Tell me about that day when he moved in. Oh, don't. That day when he moved in. I was quite good, actually. I thought I'd be very, very upset. Two of my stepsons come down from London and helped me. I packed his things and I was quite strong that day. It was when I got home. The house was quiet. And it hadn't been quiet for a long time because Dan was a bit deaf and the telly would blare away. And it's the quiet that's the worst. But I'm getting used to it now. And I do have lovely family. I have a lovely friends. And I'm not lonely. I'm a bit lonesome sometimes. Because I was married to Dan for 31 years. I had to spend a, a lifetime with someone. You do miss them. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a cracking life at times. We've... We've laughed a lot, we've cried a lot, and I've cursed him a lot. But he was still my friend, and you do miss that. Yeah. But I'm getting over it now. I'm, I go up to see him, and uh, we have the odd giggle, but he's slipping away. He does know me most of the time, and he says, you're... Lillian, my wife, (laughs) which makes me laugh. You said earlier that you don't feel like a wife anymore. No, you're not really. You're a carer. I love Dan. I've always loved Dan. But I care about him and you're a carer. Because when you're a wife, there's affection. And I think when you become someone's carer, that affection, although you have it, and you give it, when they are incapable of giving it back, it's very hurtful. You know they can't help it, but you do miss it. A few weeks before Dan went into home, one of the carers was taking him to bed, and he was walking across the lounge, and he said, Good night, sweetie. And it it was lovely to hear him say that to me, because he had said anything like that for an awful long time. A little bit of your hubby coming back. A glimpse of something. 
a little glimpse yeah, of what... exactly, of what we used to have. Yeah. It's almost like a bereavement, isn't it? It is. It is. It is, a, in a way, a kind of bereavement. He asked me the other day, when was he going to be 50? I said, oh, sweetheart, don't I wish? <laughs> yeah, he he didn't realise. I said to him, you're 94, nearly 95. And he said, my God, when did that happen? <laughs> we could still have the odd little joke. Dan used to be a ballroom dancer. I have lots of pictures of him dancing with different women. I think he was a bit of a Romeo in his time. That's what young people, when they see old people, they forget that old people were young people once. And when I was a carer in homes and young ones had come in and I'd say, please, please remember that these people were your age once. They've had lives. They've done things maybe you wouldn't dream of. They've toured the world and had lovers and marriages and children and lived lives that you could only dream of, some of these people. Dan had a cracking life going round dancing. And you travelled together? Oh, yeah, we had many holidays. We went to Italy for my son's wedding. We looked a right pair of chuffs for that wedding. <laughs> We really did. Um, <laughs> Why? <laughs> I had a lilac dress on, big, big lilac hat. And Dan had a grey suit on and with a lilac tie and a white shirt and lilac tie. No, a lilac shirt and tie. And he had this, like, trilby on. And we came out of the hotel waiting for our taxi. All the people from the hotel next door to us and the owners of our apartments came out. And they all clapped when they saw me and Dan and they were saying, Bella, Bella. They thought we looked wonderful. And we did. We really did look the business. Yeah. Right. I may have walked a bit like Dick Emery and me stiletto <laughs> heels. But once, if I was standing still, it was all right. <laughs> he settled down. I, I think as time goes on, he'll be fine. And what about you? As time goes on. Well, as time goes on, I just pot around my flat and cuddle up to my little cat, Monty. And my daughter, my son, and his... I've got a little granddaughter. OK. And they will come down. And um, when they come down now, I can go out with them. Right. And go out for dinner or go out for lunch, uh, which I couldn't do before because of Dan. And um, or if I did, I'd have to come back quick. And you were always worrying. Yes, if you, you are. In a way, it, it is better for both of us. We've both gained. Dan's got the care he needs. He in a, in the care home, he's got twenty four hour care. I gain by being able to go out and about a bit more free. Yeah, and I think really you need that. You need your own time, your own space. While it's sad that you make the decision for your partner to go into care, sometimes it can bring you together more. You have a, a you're freer, and you can chat and and know that there's no resentment anymore. Right. Because you can become resentful of them. Yeah. You try your best not to, but sometimes you you just say. Oh, God, I wish I could go out and yeah. 
you know, I don't care who you are. I don't yeah. care how angelic you are. There is a little bit of that when you're caring for someone 24-7 and you haven't got the freedom to come and go as you please. Saying that, it's still new to me, that concept, and I'm finding it a bit difficult to get myself motivated to go out. But it'll come. It'll work its way out and, and I think I'll be okay. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Isn't it noticeable how residential care is generally felt as a failure yeah it's always spoken of as a as a negative isn't it I don't know why that is yeah I mean I can I think we do know why that is don't we but it's kind of how you change that or or I, I suppose you know we just have high expectations of ourselves don't we that we can look after people into their old age and like we can sort of cope with that yeah I mean I I suppose it's there are different levels of old age aren't they you know there's old age like it used to be when you retired at 65 and then, you know, a few more years and, and off you popped. And then there's very old age and that can go on for, people can be old for a couple of decades, can't they? Yeah, and I suppose there's that kind of couple of decades between Lillian and Dan, aren't there, kind of yeah. thing. And that is the difference between yes. sort of being the carer and being the cared for. And it's not just with older people, is it? I mean, it can, you know, I think we have this hesitation around residential care for people with, yeah, with disabilities and you know in other yeah, situations I was literally talking to somebody last week um who's in their 20s and he was telling and he I knew his brother had um autism and uh, okay. and so I said to him oh how's you know how's your brother and he and he sort of said you know he kind of went oh well he's he's in care and then he sort of said I always feel so bad saying that you know and I was like oh gosh you know how old is he and he was like well he's 19 I said well you know, it's completely normal, isn't it, that a 19-year-old should go 
on to somewhere else, you know, yes. and to yeah. like find a different life. As I said, as it were. move into independence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that would happen, you know, if he was going to university or yeah. if he was moving on to do work or, yeah. and so actually it's a really natural time to break and go and live in a residential care home if that's the right thing for you kind yes. of thing. I think there are some amazing homes out there, aren't there? And I guess the challenge is to make residential homes a, you know, a positive choice in some cases. But yeah, definitely. You know, funding being what it is, I think it's pretty hard to do that. The other part of Lillian's story that really struck me was around loneliness. And there's been so much about this recently, hasn't there? So much in, in the news, which is a really good thing. But her situation is one of those that you I don't know. It kind of wasn't on my radar. It's not something that you think about that. Yeah, it was interesting, of... wasn't it? Lillian's still married, her yeah, husband's still exactly. alive, and she sees him, but everything has changed. Yeah, completely. And as she said, you know, it's a form of bereavement, you know, even though the person is still alive. There yeah, is it's a kind of like that there. first level of losing someone, yeah. isn't it? Like it's it's a massive loss, and there's so much going on there because, on the one hand, they couldn't have carried on as they were. Yeah, definitely not. Um, Lillian was tied to the house. She couldn't go out. But Dan had become less able to have a relationship with her. His conversation had dwindled. Like, can yeah, you kind of an expression. Get me yeah, a tea exactly. Whatever? Yeah. And, and also, you know, even though Lillian is younger than Dan, she's still in her 70s. And just the physical strain of caring for him, just having to, to lift someone and and all that comes with that I know that they did end up having carers coming in but I think still you know she was she was doing an awful lot so yeah so you can see that there was a real need for Dan to go into care but then Lillian's left with the loss the quietness of the house and just being in a house alone yeah completely so you know just going with that loneliness theme and and going off at a bit of a tangent what do you think you know if you had to say what loneliness is what would you say I think it's about connection, feeling something genuine with someone, isn't it? Because yeah. you can be lonely even when you're surrounded by people. And, you know, how people always say, like, London is one of the most lonely places. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I guess then there's also the loneliness of living alone. And, you know, that it's very well known that uh, I think like half a million people in the UK are living alone and don't see anybody all week, you know, for weeks at a time. So or for a week at a time. I don't actually know what the period of time is. But anyway, it's it's a while. It's quite a long time. It's too long. You know, when people talk about like the village shop and the post office and how important it is. And it wasn't until I lived where I live and and saw that in action that I could see actually what a vital role it plays in people's lives. You know, just that opportunity to go in and see somebody that knows your name and knows a little bit about you and And, will notice if you haven't popped in for a few days and moving out to the middle of nowhere in Norfolk and having small children and then it's just sort of like where am I going to walk to you know should I walk to that hedge or should I walk to that (laughs) tree like um should I walk to that field or should I walk to the the uh, which the village shop which I did do a few times but is about three and a half miles away down some pretty dangerous roads so it is yeah it's funny it's kind of like finding a reason to just go and pop to a village shop I can really see that now and the chat that you get from doing that is so important yeah I have my little people on my on my morning drive you know where we have a little wave just those little familiar people each time don't know them no don't know them from do you see the two like people in reflective outfits like cycling together husband and wife no not seen them there's an electrician in his van always give him a bit of a yeah a bit of a wave a wave yeah um (laughs) (laughs) so what should we do last christmas we had tips for making small talk at christmas parties yeah we did yeah now we need some tips for combating loneliness okay come on then yeah there's nothing like a bit of a 
off the cup of ice for a couple of women living in a field. Well, or... <laughs> I know, never mind all the commissions and everyone that's done lots of serious work on this. I think, you know, just a couple of glib suggestions from us and, you know, yeah. job done. Yeah, we'll, we'll sort it out um, in one fell swoop. But, you know, in all seriousness. Oh, she's getting serious. <laughs> We will. There is joking around. There is good information out there from people who have put some proper thought into that. It's about getting out of your house and meeting other people. Well, you know, or getting people to come around to you. I know it's it's, it's easier said than done for a lot of people. It's just some. It's whatever it is to make a genuine contact, isn't it? Just to have something that's that's real life and that that connects you to other people. So there is good information out there, and we will put it in the show notes because you know loneliness is a biggie and it's an issue for so many people I've and got I've got some information here that it's not just old people okay go on then well people in their 20s um they recently found that they were the most lonely um there's plenty of evidence apparently suggests that collectively the millennials are in the throes of an unspoken epidemic of loneliness because social media is keeping them from connecting with other people in real life. Okay, yeah. It's old ground, but social media also leads them to suffer from the comparison curse, the belief, yes. because, you know, it's all presented online. It looks like everyone's having an amazing time. There's nothing yeah. sadder than sitting in your lonely living room with your laptop on your lap and a ready meal, like, you know, sliding off your plate and looking at like everybody jumping around at a party, having an amazing time. I think that's, you know. You paint a cheery picture there. That was me in my 20s. That it just threw back to you there. <laughs> I know that another time of loneliness is when you're a new parent, you know, having quite a busy life and, and working full time and then suddenly having a baby and being yeah. complete, just completely I remember completely my friend saying stuck. to me, you just got to get out every day. Absolutely. You've got to get out. Absolutely. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Whether they've got a dirty nappy or whatever yeah. it is, going to a crappy... Freezing cold, dirty village hall. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than being at home. Going to a music session where you know but nobody. Yeah. Like going to walk to the village shop. Yeah. Or the hedge. Um, yeah. Or the, the tree in back again. <laughs> it's worth it. Um, I, was, I was reading about the Loneliness Project, um, which is a cool, I don't know, is it a, po- is it, would you call it postmodern kind of social media experiment um, in that it's kind of Facebook is all about, you know, all the wonderful things we're doing. Instagram is like a happiness beauty project. And this project about loneliness is perhaps a very honest project. It's where people can just like write about why they're feeling lonely. I, like I, one of the examples is I spent two hours alone wandering around an Ikea because I was too nervous to ask people to come with me. I ate two hot dogs and brought nothing. And it's just that kind of like, this is the stark reality. And, you know, I mean, I don't know whether it helps. I think it's just that feeling of like, oh, there are other people out there that are feeling like this. And it's not just a pretty picture on Instagram. It's like a real statement of, how they're feeling kind of thing okay yeah I think there's like 1,400 stories or something on there already so we'll put that on the show notes in case anybody's interested in having a look at the loneliness project yeah sounds good okay let's move on to our podcast recommendation Claire I know you've been listening to a backstory favorite which is the new season of the wonderful absolutely brilliant Esther Perel where should we begin What's it like? What's this new season like? Oh, it's just fabulous again, of course, because it's Esther. And I just, honestly, I'm starting to kind of have this sort of guru level. uh, (laughs) uh, She's just like, she's just like on this pedestal. She is, completely. I, I kind of, I just can't believe the insight that she manages to draw out of these things. And whatever she says, I don't know whether she's put them under some kind of spell, but like <laughs> she says these things and then they're like, that's exactly how I feel. Like, Do you think she'd incredible. be really annoying to be married to? 
do you think when you were, you know, in the throes of an argument, she'd just be very kind of, you know, like, good well, humoured and insightful. And you'd be like, for God's sake, just take like, the damn bins out, I know out, the woman. thing about your childhood is obviously <laughs> hurting you, but yeah, exactly. But the rubbish still needs to yeah. go out. Like, no, it's it, and actually, I think they've sort of they've found some very interesting stories. They've obviously got a huge pool of people who are just desperate to get on the show now, really, so yeah. they can just like pick and choose, you know, from probably millions of applicants like, okay. who are kind of writing in, going, "Please, can you help me with this shit relationship?" Yeah. Um, I mean, you've written, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> we've been writing. We've been writing to her. We just, you know, we don't even want to talk about our relationships. We just want to have like coffee with her and hang Absolutely. out and have supper and like, you know, she's like literally on my like list of like ultimate supper guests. Now. Okay. And who else is on the list? Oh God, don't I don't know. I, I have to think about it really carefully and like oh. sort of collate it for ages. But that one is just like you know she's always she's a like, given. Yeah, she's a given. Oh my God. Anyway, you, you have to listen to it. It's okay. incredible. Brilliant. I will do. Um, Thank you. Can I also say a quick thanks to Pietro, who got in contact with us a while ago from Lisbon. He recommended In the Dark, if you remember, which we mentioned before. And I think we were maybe a little bit a little bit dismissive of it, thinking that it was true crime. But actually, I've listened to both seasons and it's more kind of investigative journalism. And I really enjoyed it, actually. New recommendations are always welcome. Love getting recommendations. Yeah, we love a podcast recommendation. So, yeah, recommend us and recommend somebody (laughs) else to us. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) Right. Anything else we need to sort out? Uh, We could do that podcast thing where we talk about reviews. Everybody else does it. So if you would like to support the backstory, then a review really does help. It sounds like such a small thing, but... We'd be very, very grateful. Susie so. puts on her special voice when she's talking I about reviews. We'd be very, well. very, I'm, I'm, I'm holding my hands together <laughs> yeah, in a yeah. begging motion as well. on the floor and sort of just like <laughs> grovels. <laughs> um, and also make sure that you're subscribed so that you get all our new episodes for free and sign up a friend if you can. Yeah, do. Just seriously, just grab their phone and subscribe them. That yeah, we've be been great. doing that quite a lot recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've just got the one caution for it. And we've also got some stuff to give away. Some old clothes of Susie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Susie's been shopping. So as we heard towards Christmas, keep your eyes open. It won't be a competition because there are all sorts of rules around competitions that we can't be bothered yeah, to read about. Just um, so we'll find a more random way of allocating stuff. Oh, that um, sounds good. And what is this stuff that you're alluding to? Oh, well, you have to wait and see. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's tantalizing. I mean, yeah. talk about leaving us on a cliff edge. Okay. That is definitely it for this week. Thank you so much for listening and thanks for your support. We'll be back with a brand new backstory next week. See you then. Bye bye. Bye bye. We are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. Search for The Backstory with Claire and Susie in your podcast directory. For sponsorship opportunities, or if you'd like to take part in a show, please contact hello at thebackstorypodcast.co.uk. The Backstory Podcast is produced by Tin Shared Productions. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.